Good morning. Okay, if you could open up your Bibles, please, to uh, Proverbs, the book of Proverbs. Um, we're looking at the book of Proverbs this morning, and we're going to begin a new book. This is part of uh, one of the favorite, my favorite things that I like to do is starting a new book alongside finishing a starting a new book. And here we are in Proverbs. And so what I want us to do this morning before we begin in the book of Proverbs is for us to pray together. So let us pray together. Lord, we thank you for your words of life. And Lord, we pray this morning that you would speak to us powerfully through your words of life. We thank you for this book of Proverbs. And we pray over the weeks and months ahead as we go through this great book, we pray, Lord, that you would speak wisdom into our lives, hearts, and minds. And help us, Lord, to be your people, to receive your word, to respond to it, and live it out in our lives. In your name, amen. As we begin this morning, I want you to think for a second about singing. I don't know if you're a singer. I'm not asking you, are you a good singer or a bad singer? I'm just asking you, are you a singer? Do you sing? Uh, For me, I always sing. I sing in the car. I sing in the shower. I sing in the bed. I sing in the office. I always am singing. I like to sing. I'm not saying I'm good. I'm just saying I like to sing. And often I will find myself singing hymns of praise that we've been singing during the week. And then I'll find myself also singing random songs that just end up coming into my mind. I don't know if you find yourself doing that at times, but you you find yourself singing these random songs and you wonder to yourself, where on earth did that song come from? And I found myself a few weeks back singing a random song. The song was this. Let it be. Let it be, let it be, let it be, speaking words of wisdom, let it be. And so I find myself singing that song. And then I thought to myself, you know, you start singing a song and then you start thinking about the words that you're actually singing. And then as I started thinking about the words that I was actually singing, I was like, hold on a minute. What is that song actually saying? When I find myself in times of trouble, Mother Mary comes to me, speaking words of wisdom, let it be. I thought to myself, when I find myself in times of trouble, Mother Mary comes to me, speaking words of wisdom, let it be. And I thought to myself, I don't know if Mother Mary comes to me speaking words of wisdom. And often the the fans of that song, and me included, think that the original author, Paul McCartney, meant the Virgin Mary when he wrote those words. And many people might think that is what he meant. Well, actually, when I looked it up, he wrote this song in relation to his mother. His mother died when he was at a young age, and he said that he had a dream, and his mother, her name was Mary. And when he had died, when, when after she had died and he was dreaming his dream, she had apparently come to him in the dream and said, don't worry, just let it be. When I find myself in times of trouble, Mother Mary comes to me speaking words of wisdom, let it be, let it be. A beautiful thought. 
Now, I'm not going to argue whether or not he actually did see his mother in that dream. I'm not going to argue the authenticity of that. All I want to say is this from that song. There is some truth to it. And here is the truth. When we find ourselves in times of trouble, do you know what we need? You and I need words of wisdom. We need some guidance. We need some help. We need words of wisdom. And the question is, where is the source of our wisdom going to come from? Because all of us, when we're in times of trouble, we need words of wisdom. The question is, is it the Virgin Mary? Is it Mother Mary? Is it some other person? Who is the source of the wisdom that we need in our lives? And I would say, in the Scripture, the source of wisdom that we need is God Himself. And we have been given an entire book of the Bible that is a book of wisdom for us in our lives. So that when we find ourselves in those times of trouble, we have an entire book given to us from God to speak wisdom and direction and guidance into our lives. But here is the problem that often happens to us. We have an entire book of wisdom devoted and given to us. But what often happens to us is we ignore that very book. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands or anything like that. I just want you to think about this for a second. When it comes to the book of Proverbs, when was the last time you read through the book of Proverbs from start to finish? Or when it comes to the book of Proverbs, when was the last time you heard someone preach or teach on the book of Proverbs from the very start to the very finish? And I would say to you, maybe it is not very often. And so we have this book of wisdom that we neglect. And we often find ourselves in these times of trouble, in our days, needing the wisdom of God. And yet we have this book right here in the Bible and we neglect it. And so one of the reasons I'm looking forward to this series so much is because I think you and I need these words of wisdom. From God to us. And so this book, it is full of wisdom. It is full of, on the first half of the book, chapters 1 to 9, you have wise speeches. Mainly speeches from a father to a son. And in the second half of the book, in chapter 10 to 31, you have wise sayings. So wise speeches and wise sayings. But before we get to the wise speeches and the wise sayings in the book of Proverbs, what we need to know about the book of Proverbs is what is the point of this book? What is the purpose of this book? Why is this book here for us? And so what the author does is he begins at the very start of the book. He begins by showing us the purpose of Proverbs. So let me read it to you. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 1. This is God's word to us. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. To know wisdom and instruction. To understand words of insight. To receive instruction in wise dealing. In righteousness, justice and equity. To give prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the youth. Let the wise hear and increase in learning, and the one who understands obtain guidance. 
to understand a proverb and a saying, the words of the wise and their riddles. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. This is God's word to us. And immediately as you read this word and as you read this beginning, this kind of door, this window into the book of Proverbs, what he is doing for us is he is telling us this is the purpose. This is the reason why I am writing. And we discover the purpose as to why he is writing from this small little two letters word that comes up and again and again in those verses and that small little two-letter word tells us screams to us the purpose of the entire book of proverbs the small little two-letter word is the word two and the word two explains to us the purpose of proverbs why is proverbs here verse two says to know wisdom and instruction to understand words of insight Why is the book of Proverbs here? Verse 3, to receive instruction in wise dealings. Why is the book of Proverbs here? Verse 4, to give prudence to the simple. Why is the book of Proverbs here? To understand, verse 6, to understand a proverb and a saying, the words of the wise and their riddles. This is why the book of Proverbs here, it is here to indicate to us, to give us knowledge, to give us wisdom, to give us instruction, to give us understanding, to give us prudence. This is why the book of Proverbs is here. This is its point. This is its purpose. In other words, the book of Proverbs is to help us live our lives well. If you're like me, you need help in life. You know some of the best-selling books that we have right now? If you you look up some of the best-selling books on Amazon or what, what they are, they're always these help books. It's like seven ways to financial security, six ways to a better life, um, eight ways to productive living. All of the best-selling books are all of these books on help in life. Seven ways, six ways, eight ways. And it's always, have you noticed, it's always like nice and neatly packaged. It's never like 77 ways to the best life. It's never that because by the time you get to the 13th way, you say to yourself, forget it. It's all marketing, isn't it? Five ways, seven ways, six ways. It's the best way to help you. We all need books. We all feel like we need books. That's why they're the best sellers that will help us live our lives. And Proverbs is that book for us. We don't need to go to Amazon to get the best help books. We have this book right here. It is here to help us and give us instruction in our lives. And we have it right here for us. So let us look at the purposes of this book of Proverbs. The first purpose and the first point is this, verse 2, Proverbs is here to help you know wisdom. That is why Proverbs is here. And actually, I want to spend most of our time in this little verse for us to understand that the book of Proverbs is here for you and I in order to give you and me the wisdom that we need for life. 
And in other words, when he's saying it is there to help us to know wisdom, that know in the Old Testament isn't just a head knowledge knowing. It is actually an intimate knowledge of knowing. The Bible uses know for intimacy. So you will have in Genesis chapter 4, verse 1, it will say, Adam knew his wife Eve, and Eve conceived a son and gave him the name Cain. Right? So you begin to know what, what no actually means. Adam knew his wife Eve, and they conceived and gave birth to a son. And so know there is this idea of intimate knowledge. And so Proverbs is here for us, for you and me, that you and I would have an intimate knowledge of what wisdom is. That we would know and have insight for life. And if Proverbs is there for us to intimately know wisdom, then you have to ask the question, well, what is wisdom? And often what might be said today is that, is that wisdom is, is kind of like the application of knowledge. You might know something, but wisdom is the application of knowing something. And I remember, um, before one of, one of the statements that I think helps us in, in this, this idea of wisdom was actually said by, um, one of Ireland's uh, most famous rugby players, uh, that guy Brian O'Driscoll. He's since retired and, and Brian O'Driscoll was there to, he went to give a press conference. But before the press conference, what they didn't know was that he and his friends in the changing room had organized that no matter what question he was asked in the press conference, he was to give this certain answer. So they dared him in the, in the changing room, no matter what they ask you in the press conference, you need to give this answer. And so they started the press conference and you could see him kind of smiling and smirking to himself, wondering what question he's going to ask. And no matter what, he has to give this answer that they told him. So he is asked a question in the press conference about uh, this English player that he played with and what it was like to play with him and what it's like to play against him. And then he answered back saying, well, you know, it's kind of like this. Knowledge is knowing that a tomato is a fruit. Wisdom is knowing not to put it in a fruit salad. And so he was asked this question about a player and he just says, you know what? Knowledge is knowing that tomato is a fruit, but wisdom is knowing not to put it in a fruit salad. And everybody in the, in the press conference, they burst out laughing. Where did he come up with that from? Why is he saying that? But actually, that's kind of how we understand the difference between wisdom and knowledge. Knowledge is knowing tomato is a fruit. Wisdom is knowing you don't put it in a fruit salad. This idea of knowledge and wisdom. This separation from the fact that, that knowledge is head knowledge and wisdom is the application of that knowledge. So you kind of wonder, is that the way the Bible looks at wisdom? Is that what wisdom actually is? Well, when the Bible is talking about wisdom, what the Bible means when it is saying wisdom, the Bible is talking about order. The order of life. Wisdom is putting life back in order. And so where you see the best words of wisdom in the Bible, some of the best words of wisdom are the words of creation itself. When God speaks, He speaks order into the world you remember when god spoke you look at you look at the first days of creation you see this idea of absolute perfect order 
On the first day you have light and darkness. On the second day you have the sky and the sea made. And on the third day you have land. This idea of perfect order. First day, second day, third day. And then after that, he, he creates the spaces on the first three days. And what does he do after that? He fills those spaces. So on the first day, he creates the, the light and the darkness. And on the third day, he fills those spaces with the sun, the moon and the stars. On the second day, he creates the sky and the sea. And on the fourth day, he fills those spaces with the birds of the air and the fish of the sea. And then you have got on the, on the third day, he creates the land. And on the sixth day, he fills that space with animals and people. And so you've got this progression of perfect order in God, perfect creation, this perfect symmetry of how he creates the space. And then fills those spaces and all of that leads to the Sabbath day of rest. And you think to yourself, "Ah, this is perfect. Except two chapters later. Order gets destroyed and chaos enters into the world because of sin. And since that moment, you know what you and I have been living in our our lives? We have been living in utter chaos. Does your life feel kind of chaotic right now? Are there areas of your life that feel kind of chaotic right now? Because you look at the world, and for the last two years, I would describe it in one word, chaos. Is that fair? Is that a fair word to describe this world with? Chaos. You look at Afghanistan on the news and you say to yourself, one word, chaos. And some of us are looking at our lives right now and you might say, I've got one word for it and it's chaos. Or certain areas of your life and you say, I've got one word for it, chaos. And you know what the solution to your chaos is? Do you know what you need? You need words of wisdom to speak order back into that chaos. And that is what the Proverbs do. They give us words of wisdom to speak order back into our chaos. And who doesn't want order in their lives? All of us do. You know, our house is, is, feels to me quite ordered, but, but as in our house, like the neatness of it and whatever. That's not because of me. That is because of her. Absolutely. And then there's this one kind of secret room in our house that is not the ordered room in our house. And that secret room that you enter into, you walk up the stairs, you turn right, you take another right, and you enter into the room that is my office. And my office is the most disordered room in the house. In fact, before when, before the summer, as you walk in, it genuinely and to my shame, and I'm not going to tell you all the details, it's actually physically hard to walk into the office of, into the office in our house. And there's books everywhere and there's all sorts of stuff everywhere and there's sound stuff and, and there's lights and stuff as well from when we were recording online and there's camera stands and there's different things. It's all like church stuff and there's a guitar and there's a piano case and there's then my computers and all of this stuff. And it's absolute chaos. 
Until I said this summer, right, I'm going to change it. I'm going to bring order back into this chaos. And three days it took me. And a couple of bin bags it took me, to my shame. And I brought order back into the chaos. And it feels good. It really feels good. I said to myself, I know where I can get my books. I can find. There's there's order in my chaos. It's fine. I, I told Luana, it's grand. But really, once I get order back in, I kind of went, oh, this is so much better. That's what you need in your life. You need order back into your chaos. And that is what the book of Proverbs does. It speaks wisdom into our lives so that if we apply it, it will give order back into the chaos. So in the second half of the book, when we get to the wise sayings in the book, when we get to that portion of the book, we're going to talk about things like parenting and finance and marriage and, and relationships and friendship and all these topics that can get messed up by the chaos of this world. And what the Proverbs is going to do is speak wisdom and order back into that chaos. So that is the heart of the purpose of this book, to know wisdom, to intimately know order. And doesn't that sound good? Oh, to get order back into my life. That's the book of Proverbs. It's going to help us with that. Second purpose you see, and we'll look at these really briefly. The second purpose is to receive instruction. You see that in verse 3. Not only to know wisdom, not only is Proverbs there to know wisdom, but it is there so that we can receive instruction in wise dealings. It is there to give us practical instruction for life. Again, Proverbs, you will have wise speeches spoken into your life. You will have wise sayings spoken into your life. And all of it is practical instruction for your life. Here is the problem. If you are like me, you are not good at following instructions. I'm terrible at it. When I get instructions to make something, here's what I do. I get the instructions, I look at it, I start building the thing and I start ignoring it. Finally, I'll build the thing and then I'll come back to Luana and I say, they gave us loads of spare pieces. Why? Because I'm not following the instructions. Why? Because I hate the instructions. And you see, instruction for life is only useful to you, only useful to you if you listen to it. And so that's the purpose of Proverbs, to receive instruction, that you might listen to it. And in fact, that's what he says in verse 5. Let the wise hear and increase in learning, and the one who understands obtain guidance. In other words, what Solomon is saying in these words of wisdom is saying, listen to the instruction. The purpose of the instruction is that you would see it, you would listen to it, and you would apply it in your life. And so I would encourage you throughout this series, we have mapped it out from kind of September to June. You will have an opportunity every single Sunday to listen to the wisdom of God, to listen to the instruction of God, not my wisdom, but his. And I would encourage you, do not waste this opportunity to hear the wisdom of God. Do what it takes in the coming weeks and coming months to make sure that the wisdom you receive is not just going in one ear and out the other. Do what it takes to make sure 
that you hear the very wisdom of God that you need for your life. The purpose of Proverbs, it is there to help us to know wisdom. It is in verse 3 to help us receive instruction. And it is there in verse 4 to give prudence to the simple. In other words, it is there to help those of us who might feel a little bit slow in our lives. We're a bit slow on the uptake and we need instruction too. And what we need, he says, is prudence. And that word prudence is a way of saying we need cleverness in life. We need to apply skill to our life. My coaches in sport would say to me, you don't always need to play hard, Shane. You need to play smart. Not always hard, but you need to play smart. You see that with kids when they, when they play a sport, they just run, 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 run. You throw a ball and they're running, 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 and they're running around. Everybody's running and everybody's throwing themselves at the ball and nobody stops running. And after about two minutes, they lose their breath and they can't play anymore. Why? Because they were playing hard, but they were not playing smart. And then you see the professionals play and what are they doing? A lot of them are just standing there. And what are they doing? They're letting the ball do the work. And they're timing their sprints and they're getting things ready. They're playing smart, not hard. And what Proverbs is here to do for us in our lives is encourage us with prudence. Here's how you live smart. Here's how you live skillfully. Here's how you live wise. And the final purpose of the book of Proverbs is given to us in verse 6. To understand a proverb and a saying, the words of the wise and their riddles. The odd thing about this purpose is this. It's actually saying that the purpose, part of the purpose of Proverbs is to help you understand Proverbs. Part of its purpose is actually to help us understand it. As churches, do you know where we often camp ourselves when we're teaching books of the Bible? We often camp ourselves in the New Testament and we often camp ourselves in the letters of Paul. And don't get me wrong, the letters of Paul are a good thing. And we should study them and we should know them very, very deeply. And I want us to study them because they're part of the Word of God. But what you need to know about about Paul's letters and about Proverbs is they're really, really different. They're very different. Paul's letters might be easier to understand than, than the Proverbs. If you were to compare these two books kind of like to drawings, Paul's letters, they are architect's drawings. Right? They're very precise. Every line is, is good. You know what it's about. It's, it's very, very precise. You know where you're going. You know the measurements, all that. They're, Paul's letters are like architect's drawings. The Proverbs, when you get to the sayings, it's almost like abstract art. Paul's letters are very linear. You know the lines. You can see it. The Proverbs are kind of like abstract art. You see it. You're kind of like, okay, it's beautiful. There's colors but I can't quite figure it out and and get it. And so what he's saying with the Proverbs is the Proverbs are there, in other words, to help us understand these sayings, these Proverbs. And so to help us with that, it's good to know what Proverbs actually are. Do you know in English, we have modern day Proverbs. 
And modern day proverbs will actually help us understand what proverbs are. So a modern day proverb would be something like this. A bad workman always blames his tools. That would be a modern day proverb. A bad workman always blames his tools. So it's like this. You get a hammer and you get a nail. And you take the hammer and you put it into a piece of wood. Or you take the nail, you put it into a piece of wood. You get the hammer and you slam it down and you hit your hand. And what do you say? This stupid hammer. And you throw it down and you start giving out about the hammer. But you realize what? It's not the hammer's fault. It's the fool holding the hammer's fault. And so the proverb would say, a bad workman always blames his tools. That's a proverb. But then the thing about proverbs is you realize proverbs aren't always true. They're often true. So it's not always true that a bad workman blames his tools. But it's often true. The bad workman might blame himself. Another proverb might be, absence makes the heart go grow fonder. That's a, another proverb. And you see, it's not a direct statement. It's kind of an in, indirect way of, of saying a truth. Absence makes the heart grow fonder. So, so a husband who might be away from his wife for two weeks will come back and they'll suddenly realize, oh, what they've missed. And it will be this bliss and glory. So absence makes the heart grow fonder, doesn't it? Doesn't it always do that? Well, it doesn't always do that, does it? It often does it, but it doesn't always do it. Because if the guy is always absent, does it make the heart grow fonder or heart grow colder? Colder. So that's what we realize about Proverbs. One more, one more. Actions speak louder than words. And we will see the reality in life that often actions will speak louder than words. Yet I would say... That's that's often true, but not always true. I would say on the wedding day, actually, the most important thing on the wedding day isn't the dress, isn't the dancing, isn't the singing, isn't even the signing. I would say one of the most important things on the wedding day is the words itself, the words of the covenant. So actions often speak louder than words, but not always. So let me show you how that works in Proverbs. Proverbs 22, verse 6 says this. Train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. So here's the promise. Here's what it instructs us to do. You train up your child in the way that they should go. And the promise is they won't depart from it. So the Christian parent hears that and they say, okay, I'm going to train up my my child in the ways of, of the Lord and in the ways of Christianity. And the promise is they won't depart from it when they grow older. And that is often true. And so we're encouraged to do that. But it's not always true, is it? And so that is what the book of Proverbs is. It is these wise sayings that we are to help us understand the way we are to live our lives. And so this is the purpose of this book. The purpose of this book is to know wisdom. The purpose of the book is to receive instruction. The purpose of this book is to give us prudence, know how to live life well. And the purpose of this book is to help us actually understand this book, the book of Proverbs. The book of Proverbs is here To give us wisdom. But then the question is, what is the source of the wisdom? 
Where does all our wisdom come from? Where do we start with? Is it all just about instruction after instruction after instruction after instruction? No. Do you know where wisdom begins? Do you know where wisdom starts? It says in verse 7, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. In other words, you could say for knowledge is wisdom, prudence, all these words that we've been saying, instruction. The beginning of that wisdom is the fear of the Lord. So here's the thing. You will not be able to follow any of the instructions given in the book of Proverbs if you do not begin, firstly, with the fear of the Lord. If you don't start with the fear of the Lord, you won't be able to follow any of the instructions that we're given. And so it has to begin with the fear of the Lord. The problem is we don't understand what that fear looks like, do we? Because often we have a misconception of what the fear of the Lord looks like. We think that the fear of the Lord looks like, when we hear that word fear, we think that that fear is that we should be afraid of the Lord. And that there is a great distance between us and the Lord. And so that is the fear of the Lord. We should be afraid of Him. Now that's actually the opposite of what the fear of the Lord means. The fear of the Lord is this. It's it's almost trembling before His beauty and His glory and His majesty in such a way that you're not drawn away from Him, but you're drawn to Him. There's one guy, his name is Michael Reeves, and he writes on this book and I was about to, on this topic, and I was about to quote him at length, but he kind of talks about it like this. It's like the marriage day. And the husband is standing at the, at the top of the aisle, and he's, he's, he's nervous and he's trembling with fear, and then suddenly she comes and he's in awe about her beauty and her majesty, not that he is afraid of her, but that he's actually drawn to her in love. It's kind of like that Niagara Falls moment when you're standing in front of it and you're just amazed by the awe of it and you're trembling and you're fearful, but you're not trembling away from it. You're actually drawn to its beauty. Your eyes can 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 walk away from it. Your eyes can't escape it. All you are left to do is look upon it. And so when we fear the Lord rightly, we are drawn to Him and we see Him for who He is in His majesty. And so I encourage us as people to press into the fear of the Lord, to know Him deeply, to begin there, is to begin with wisdom. And when we start there, when we start there, we can receive the Lord's instruction. And so how does the Lord instill for us the fear of the Lord? The Lord instills that awe, that beauty, that majesty, that reverence for Him in us. He did that when He sent the one who is greater than Solomon for us. Because you read this, you say, they're the words of Solomon. But what I love in Luke 11 is when Jesus comes and He says, there is this queen of the south... (laughs) 
This queen of the south, she traveled. She traveled a great distance just to see Solomon. She traveled a great distance just to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And then Jesus says, but one greater than Solomon is here. And so we see the true beauty and wisdom and majesty of our God in and through Jesus Christ. Paul was right when he said, in Christ are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. In Christ are hidden all these treasures. And so throughout the book of Proverbs, here's what I want you to remember. I will not say it in every sermon. Every time you hear any nugget of wisdom, of truth, of teaching, of anything, you need to remember in your head, this is ultimately pointing me to the great teacher. The one who is truly wise. His name is Jesus Christ. And if you have turned to Him, that is the beginning of wisdom. That is the fear of the Lord. And that is where we need to start when we begin this book. If you feel right now that your life is disordered in any way, that it's messy in any way, you need this book to speak wisdom and order back into your life. And I tell you what, when your room starts to become clean again, oh man, so much easier to work then. When wisdom comes into your life, it's so much easier to live. And you know what? One day, we're going to the place of perfect order. Perfect order. And until then, we need this instruction to order our lives back again. Let's pray together. Lord, we pray as we look at this book of wisdom. Lord, we pray as we go through um, quite lengthy sections of this book in the future, we pray that you would help us in our understanding, in our knowledge, in our living. Lord, I pray that we would be a people who truly fear the Lord. That we would be a people who walk in wisdom. Help us, instruct us, lead us, guide us to your wisdom, we pray. In your precious and wonderful name, amen.